welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. You're listening to the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you for joining us uh, on this edition. And uh, yeah, I hope you are well. I've slowly and uh, been able to catch up on some sleep following my uh, overnight watching of uh, the 2017 uh, Ironman World Championships in Kona. Gee, the time difference is tough when you're watching it uh, from where I am uh, on the side of the planet uh, here in Cape Town in South Africa. Hope you enjoyed the race as well. And uh, we've got our first uh, 2017 uh, competitor from the Big Island. So just a few days post the race and we head to Sydney in Australia to touch base with Ben Boyd on this edition of the Kona Edge. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to to sharing his story here on the podcast. If you raced on the weekend, I hope uh, you're recovering well. Congratulations uh, on uh, just being part of uh, that incredible, incredible race. So coming up, as I mentioned, on today's show, we turn it to Ben Boyd. Don't forget as well, if you'd like to support us here at the Kona Edge, uh, it's your help that keeps us going. And we do have a commercial-free uh, edition of the Kona Edge. No ads, it's just the cool stuff. So... If you'd like to access that, uh, literally, uh, it's uh, buy me a cup of coffee a month and uh, you get the commercial free feed of the Kona Edge uh, just for a few bucks a month. All you need to do is head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash support. That's S-U-P-P-O-R-T. Uh, and you can get all the details there. You can also just click uh, in the link in the show notes below this episode of the Kona Edge or in your podcast player. Uh, just click straight through and it'll give you all the details. Coming up next, we head to our coach's corner. Getting to Kona requires a lot more than passion and hard work. This is where expert coaching plays a large part in filling in the gaps through better programming, education, effective communication, key analysis, and then adapting useful metrics to allow athletes to develop into the best they can be. Performance by three have helped countless athletes from all over the world achieve their endurance dreams at the Ironman World Championships by following tried and tested scientific methodology and implementing successful long-term training techniques, achieving a healthy, happy and competitive athlete. Not ready for Kona just yet, but want to crush your next endurance race? Performance by three have a strictly limited group that they take on every year towards their key events through their breakthrough performance program, providing the athlete with every facet they need to PR in their goal event. Initial consultations are obligation-free, so why not check them out to see if they're the right fit for you? Simply head over to pb3.com.au to find out more. That's pb3.com.au or simply visit theconaedge.com forward slash coaching for more details. We're just uh, a few days post Kona 2017, and uh, one thing I love about this podcast is I get to chat to uh, age groupers from around the planet, and often uh, I put it out on the podcast saying, if you've qualified and uh, you've raced on the Big Island, I'd love to chat to you, and I've been in contact with our next guest for a while in the build-up to this year's Kona, and I said to him, as soon as you uh, are back home, I want the first interview, and here it is. Ben Boyd, welcome on to the Kona Edge. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brad. It's really great to be here. Ben, you're in uh, Sydney, Australia. You're down under. Uh, it, like I said, it's a few days post-Kona. You back into the swing of things. You, you, I asked you before we started recording how you're feeling, and you said, great, you've signed up for your next race. You're good to go. 
Yeah, so at the moment, I'm under very strict instructions from my coach to take it easy. So this week and the next week, it's a very light sessions. So, so far, I've been able to just do a very light swim and just a, a quick spin on the bike. But it's all about just recovering. So I've had a massage, just some stretching, roll, uh, foam rolling, all that kind of recovery that you do. But yeah, looking forward to my next uh, 70.3, which is in about five weeks' time, which is the Western Sydney Half Ironman. So that's a great one. That was my first Ironman, and I always enjoy that one. It's a good, challenging course. Have you got any post-Kona blues? Yeah, so it's <laughs> got off the plane on Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening Sydney time and was pretty much straight back at work the next day. So opened up my computer and just saw all, just saw my inbox and it was and I just lost all motivation. It was like <laughs> crash landing down to earth really. Um, back to reality and yeah, I was looking for any excuse really to just get up and walk away from my desk and not have to uh bother or looking to doing any of those uh look going through my emails really <laughs> well before we get into your story and, and sort of how it all started for you how did you go on the weekends uh you dipped just under under 11 time wise so i mean were you were you satisfied with that was that the goal how, how did how did it all pan out on the day i was really satisfied with the result brad um previous to kona or just after port macquarie I had a bad case of plantar fasciitis, so that was holding up my run training. And I literally was only able to start my running at the end of August. So the longest I had run was 16 kilometers. So that was playing on my mind, um, got leading into the event. However, on the day, look, it was going, going back to the day, it was just such a phenomenal experience. The atmosphere, the energy, being there, it was just amazing. So I was really happy with the result. I was expecting about 12 hours. Uh, I took a lot of tips on board from um, a, a lot of friends who had previously done the, done the course. And the, the tip that one of the tips that was repeated a number of times was just not cook yourself on the bike, just save yourself for the run. And I took that advice on board and was able to finish it, was able to finish it in a really um, quite a good time actually. So under 11 hours, as you said, was, was um, so I was, I was very happy with that and it was just, yeah, I just really wanted to, to just enjoy the experience, enjoy the day, not rush anything and just got my own pace. So, yeah. Has, has the bug bitten now? Is, is that it? Game over? You want to keep going back year after year? Is that the plan? I would love to go back each year. <laughs> I know how hard it is to qualify and I was very lucky just with my qualification. But if I did get the opportunity to go back, I'd just jump up again and take the opportunity up. It is quite expensive, but mm. well worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. Ben, let's take a step back. Where did, where did this sort of uh, interest in triathlon come from? What, what's, what sort of sporting background have you got? So I've always been a runner, Brad, since I've been quite young, and I've continued that running th throughout my uh, life. My brother got me involved in cycling, and I guess the pro natural progression was, okay, just take up swimming and go from there. So my first 70.3, which I did, was Western Sydney, and that was in 2014. And, and once I had completed that that event, I, it, I literally, as you say, caught the bug and was instantly hooked. So since then, I've done a number of 70.3s and a couple of full Ironman, including Kona and Port Macquarie, the one before. And yeah, just looking for the next event. So um, next year, I've got, a, I've, I've got a number of triathlons 
which is a, a sprint, which leads to a 70.3, which leads to uh, Cairns, which I'm doing the full Ironman next year. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely got the bug and always looking for the next event. And I, I find myself, or I catch myself looking on the Ironman website, just going, oh, looking at dates and times and trying to work out a, a schedule as to which event I want to do where so yeah <laughs> yeah and you guys in australia are pretty lucky because iron man's obviously expanding a lot out in the east so even though it's yeah. it's it's a bit of a, a trip sort of to to asia there's some great races popping up and and i know a lot of the aussies are heading to to places uh like, like china and, and that sort of thing to to go and race and and there's there's lots of lots of choices you guys are spoiled for choice down there there are there are a number of choices not only around australia but as you said up in uh, in the asia pacific region mm. so it's it's always expanding and I think that's really good, good opportunity for a, a people in our area to kind of get that expansive kind of selection avail uh, available for us. We're, we're quite lucky like that. So, yeah. Ben, one of the things you said to me before before we started recording as well was the camaraderie on, on the Big Island and, and particularly like throughout the day and the encouragement and, and it started pretty much at the swim start and, and we were talking just a little bit about that uh, famous photo. I think everyone's probably seen it if you were following Kona of, of Jan Fredino walking uh, and uh, slapping Patrick Langer on the backside as he came running past and, and, and giving him some words of encouragement. You had a, a pretty cool Jan Fredino experience on the weekend as well, didn't you? Tell us about it. I did. I think it was very lucky timing. But as I was running up uh, Polini on the marathon, Jan was walking down. And so I, I saw the opportunity and just thought I'll, I'll, I'll cross over to his kind of line and call out his name and give him a high five as he went by and just gave him some encouragement going, you're a great ambassador for the sport and you, you're such a role model for everyone. And he was able to turn around and just give me some words of encouragement and just keep me going and just, I guess, spark the fire just to make me push on and make sure that I did finish the event he's um but yeah as he said he's just a fantastic ambassador so so down to earth about everything and just always has time for everybody so he's 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 fantastic yeah what a legend and, and I think that's one of the things I love about the sport of triathlon and, and that's probably one of the reasons that that the bug is bit for you as well there's something special about uh, as much as you you get the guys and girls who are uh, they 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 full of themselves and it's all about the gear. The vast majority of us are pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. Like everyone's everyone. It, it's just everyone. I find, as you said, it's just a natural camaraderie for each other to kind of push each other, challenge each other, but also encourage um, encourage each other just to go along and finish finish the event. It's not really about. Uh, some people do take it as as time, and they think it's I must get over this. Um, must get over the start finish line in that time and and if they don't it's the end of the world whereas you know there are other people that that are just looking for that challenge of crossing the line and just getting a time and you know you have bad days you have good days so not every not every race you'll get that um, personal best it's just about what 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 you do on the day and achieving or just crossing the line is an achievement in itself so yeah would you consider yourself like super competitive? You, you talk about that. I, I mean, I think to get to race in Kona, you have to have a bit of that in you. Are you are you one of those guys that that hates losing, or are you you know what? It's it's about participating, and if the results come, the results come. Um, I guess I'm a bit of both, really, Brad. I, I I do get quite competitive if I, especially on the run leg, if I get passed by someone in my age group and I see my, their age group sticker on their calf. <laughs> I'll um, try and make an effort to try and keep up with them. However, 
one of the things my coach always tells me is just race your own race. So, you, you know, if you get passed on the, if you get passed on the bike, if you get passed on the run, just try and keep that pace. But uh, it's just the natural, as you say, the natural competitiveness that, that comes out in you. So you, you've got to kind of ease yourself into it and like pace yourself just to make sure you do get that across the line. But at the same time, that competitiveness does, it, it is easy to come out and it's very easy to cook yourself and just um, just ruin you. And that can ruin your day, I guess. And and one of the things, it might be one of the things that stops you from getting over the start finish line. So, mm. yeah. Absolutely. Ben, growing up, I asked you I asked you sort of your sporting background. You said you ran. Did you play any other sports with any team sports? I mean, I know Australia is very similar to South Africa in that sense that uh, kids do tend to run around, play footy, cricket, that sort of thing. Any, any I mean, were you, were you involved in sort of organised sports as a, as a kid? I was, yeah. So during high school and even uh, in prep school, I'd, I'd be playing rugby. Um, I'm not. I'm not the uh, uh, the biggest person. I'm quite. Uh, I'm quite skinny and lanky. So, I, I did play rugby through uh, junior school and high school. What position? What uh, position did you play? So I was on the wing. So <laughs> I wasn't very very fast, but I, I was on the wing. Avoided us big guys. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I broke my leg in year eight uh, at at at, um, at practice one time. So I kind of stopped doing that and was and took up more. Um, more, more, more sports like cross country running, uh, a bit, more, a bit more, and that, and that's pretty much it. So it was always, uh, pretty much an always running background, and a bit of swimming as well, but not really competitive. I, I wasn't, I was never a very fast swimmer. I could, I could swim, but just not competitively mm. fast. Can you remember that first seventy point three that you did in Sydney? Uh, I mean, it was only only a few years ago. Is it is it still pretty clear in your mind? It's very clear in my mind, just because it was out west in um, in in Penrith. So, if anyone knows Sydney very well, Penrith is um, quite quite a distance away from the sea. So, if it gets it, it does get quite hot out there, especially during the summertime. And on that day, it was treacherous, forty degree uh, over forty degree weather, and no wind at all. So where the event is is at the uh, rowing regatta where the Sydney 2000 Olympics was, and the run leg you're literally running round the circumference or at the outside of the uh, outside of the rowing regatta, which also was part of the swim leg. And it's sweltering heat. There's no shade. It's all it's all just open fields. And you're just looking at the water, just wanting to jump in and cool off. And I got burnt, and I was I was a I was a lobster by the end of it. But it was rewarding just to be able to cross that start finish line and share the experience with my brother um, and my parents who were also out there. So it was it it was a very memorable experience and something that's going to stay in my mind for um, for a long time. What's the biggest life lesson triathlon and Ironman has has taught you in your career so far? Oh wow, that's a good question. I guess to never give up. Like you, you're going to get, you're going to get. Uh, no, no one ever has a great, a, a perfect day on a triathlon. Things will go wrong. So I guess it's just to try and stay calm, collect, uh, stay, stay calm, collected, and just work the scenario. So if you if you might have an issue with your bike, just try and stay calm. Change the tire. You'll lose some time, yes, but at least it. it you'll still be able to continue and go on. So it's just about um, persevering through 
whatever it might be, whether it might be mechanical issues, body issues where you you just can't run, you might have to walk, you might get penalties or anything like that. It's just to persevere on and just see the start finish line as your goal. And it might, you might have to just make during the run league, you might just have to make your goal. Okay. I'm going to make it to the next aid station and, just make it to that next aid station, get that water and get those electrolytes in you. Then the next goal will be the next aid station and just just keep making those small goals and you'll get and before you know it you'll be at the start finish uh, at the finish line I should say and and I guess that's one of the the big attractions about Ironman is there's no such thing as a perfect race I mean often often you'll get athletes who who are chasing it and I, I think if you have to ask the pros and 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 people who've been around the sport for a long long time there probably is but it's so elusive, and, and I think that's what keeps us coming back for more is, is to try and string as much of uh, a race together as you can. There's always going to be times within a race where things don't go the way you want it to go. And, uh, and, and I think for me, that's the attraction that keeps me coming back. And would you say it's the same for you? Most definitely, Brad. So as you say, I've, uh, for all the, one, all the, well, the limited uh, uh, half Ironman and Ironmans that I've done, you're right, there's just something will go wrong, whether it's uh, uh, your hydration or your nutrition might not be right or something might go wrong on, 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 on your bike or you might lose your goggles in the swim or some, something like that. So, but um, you, you, as I said, you've just got to persevere, continue on, work, try and work the solution. And one of the things I try and have is I have backup, option, backup options that, that um, are available to me, whether it's through an aid station or a special needs bag or something that I can carry um, on me just in case those issues do, uh, do, do occur. So, yeah. As far as persevering and, and never giving up, I think you're a, a good case of that, particularly with the way you got your your Kona slot. You're a you're a roll downer, which uh, I, I, I know a lot of a lot of people go, oh, it doesn't count. Hey, it all counts, and and you're a good reason and and a good example of why you should always go to the roll down party because you never know That's when fun. you might get a slot. Port Macquarie, tell us a little bit a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so I was always planning to go to the roll down ceremony, and I was with some friends who were up, um, who were also competing. So I was up there with them, and during the roll down ceremony, the first couple of slots went pretty quickly, and then um, the next the next couple, it didn't. Uh, there were people not there, and so you, the name would be called out three times. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So I got down to. I think number 10 and there was two slots and there were still two slots available. Um, so let me just say that there were six, six uh, tickets available or slots, slots available yeah. for Kona. So number 10 got called and, and uh, he, I think it was number 10 got called and he, he took it up. And so that left one and then number 11 got called and he was, he was there, but um, he's, and his wife was encouraging him to take it, but he was just shaking his head going, no, no, no. And his wife was encouraging him and all the crowd were encouraging him going, no, you've got to take it, you've got to take it. And I'm just going, oh, no chance here, no chance here. And so his name got called, second call, and he's still shaking his head, third call, nope. And then that's when it really sank out, sank into me going, oh, my gosh, this is just about to happen. So as soon as my name got called up, I jumped out of my seat and just screamed yes and 
and took took the slot without any hesitation or anything like that. Hey, so hey. it was just a memorable experience, and to get it on my first Ironman, I know that that I know how fortunate it is, and um, not many people get to do that. But you, you've just got to take you've just got to take the opportunities if they come come to you. And I was lucky enough to have that opportunity. Yeah, you don't want to give that bloke because in eleventh, uh, another opportunity. As soon as they called your name, you take it up as quick as you can, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So I was I was very fortunate with that. <laughs> and and you're in a, a pretty competitive age group. I, I know it, it rolled down to twelfth, but like you said, there were six slots in in that age group. You're in the the forty to forty five, which is which is very very competitive. Uh, and and even though you you rolled down twelfth, I think that's a, a good lesson. Uh, did you go into Port Macquarie with Kona in the back of your mind, or was it was it you know what? If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It was more of a if it happens, it happens. And the 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 main the main goal for me at Port Macquarie because it was my first Ironman was to just finish the race, get a time or set a time for future Ironman, Ironman that I'd take in. So uh, going going into there, I had times in mind for both swim, bike, and run, and tried to keep to those uh, tried to keep to those times as best as I could. It's a bit difficult, obviously, for the swim to stop and look at your watch, but. With the bike, I just said I I I kept to my average power and just rode the rode the rode the course as best as I could to that power. I was I, I was able to do that even with uh, some of the challenging hills that you have out uh, on Port Macquarie. And then with the run, it was just set out quite slowly at a uh, quite quite an easy pace. And if I felt fresh halfway through, I would I I was able to pick it up and get and try and push it as, as best as I could through the finish line, which I was able to do as well. Mm. So I was very lucky to have a very good day at Port Macquarie. It wasn't the, it wasn't the perfect day, but it was a good, it was a good enough day to post a, a, a decent time, which got me the slot to Kona, I guess. Absolutely. So yeah. As far as what you did differently in the build up to Port Macquarie to Kona, did you change much in the build up to Kona? Obviously, seasons were slightly different, but uh, mm-hmm. from a, from a training perspective, did you did you sort of pretty much try and replicate what you did for for your first time, man, or did you change it up a lot? Um, I, that's a really good question, Brad. I didn't really change it up uh, that much. I guess the only thing that really changed for me was because I had plantar fasciitis uh, or I. Um, just after um, Port Macquarie, it limited what I could do with the running. So I was able to increase my bike and my swimming to uh, to focus more on that. So um, it was a lot of sessions on my trainer. I don't really have that much confidence riding a bike around Sydney. I had a uh, door incident just before uh, Western Sydney last year in November so riding alone in Sydney, I just had no no confidence of uh, of doing that, and it's quite hard to find friends or colleagues who are willing to go for the full distance of a 150 kilometer ride that uh, around uh, around Sydney and and the outskirts of Sydney. So they might be able to do 100 kilometers of that, but that still leaves you with 50 or so kilometers that you're going to be riding by yourself. And by the time you get close to home, there's some pretty busy roads and 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 people can be very impatient, I guess, with uh, cyclists on the road. So you've just got to be quite careful, especially if you're by yourself. So, yeah, you've got to just keep an eye out uh, where, where you ride and how you ride. From a coaching perspective, you've mentioned a couple of times you do have a coach. Was that something you did from the get-go or, or when when did you decide to get some help and, and get some assistance? 
I decided to get the assistance of the coach just as I signed up for Port Macquarie, my first Ironman distance. She is a close or not, a close friend who does a lot of charity work as I, I do for a charity partner that we uh, that we both ride for. So I told her what my plan was to do, uh, to do a full Ironman at Port Macquarie. And she was very happy to take me on board as an athlete and do up a training plan for me and work with me to reach my goals at Port Macquarie. We talk about coaching often here on the podcast. I mean, would you suggest someone, do you, do you, looking back now, do you wish you had got one sooner or, or do you think the timing was good? And, and, and would you suggest someone gets a coach or, or try and figure it out themselves? I definitely would have preferred to take her on board sooner. I'm the kind of person that does, um, that's had to learn to listen to, to, to myself, listen to my body, give myself days off. Before I took her on board, I'd just be just running, riding pretty much constantly throughout the uh, th- throughout the week without really giving myself enough of a rest time. So to be able to listen to her and be able to learn to start listening to your body and understand that it does need those rest days and recovery in order to get the best out of you for for the event. It's something that I, as I said, wish I did pr- wish wish I did do earlier. Mm. But I've learned my lesson and would definitely encourage anyone who's looking at doing, I guess, a 70.3 or full distance, if, if they can, by all means, get a coach. It's, it's one of the good investments that you can, that you can take on board. Yeah, and, and that's funny enough. One of the big mistakes that I see newbies start is who don't get a coach, they almost feel they have to just train nonstop, that it's just you just keep training and just keep going. And, and like you say, rest and recovery is pretty important. And, and, and that's often what a coach does is it helps you structure those things and, and, and tells you when you need to push hard, when you need to back off, and when you need to rest and recover fully. Yeah, that's totally right. And they have full visibility of all your training through. I use Training Peaks, so she'll do a pro, she'll do my weekly program through Training Peaks, so she can see uh, what my fatigue level is at like, how my fitness is, and and she can either bring it up or bring it down as to um, how I'm feeling or if I'm coming down with something. So it's 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 hard to. One of the things I would also I've also learned to do is you really have to be honest with your coach. Mm. If you want the best out of yourself, you need to be honest with her and saying, so I shouldn't say her, but with your coach, and let let them know if you're sick, you're sick. If you're a bit down, run down. To just be honest, because if you want to if you want to be able to perform at your best level, you need to be honest with her or them, so that you can get the bit, so that you you can train smart and be ready and be prepared for race day yeah that's such a great point uh, as you were saying like you've got to you've got to trust them implicitly but you've got to give it's up to you to give that feedback if you're not coping with volumes if you're not coping with intensities there's no point trying to soldier through and, and not doing what or hitting the numbers that your coach thinks you're hitting but uh, you telling telling them you are or you're feeling great while doing it uh, it's a, it's a two way street and as much as a coach can help you they can only help you as much as you want to be helped yep for sure. So it's a two, as you said, two way street. Yeah. Ben, from with regards to life outside of of triathlon, now tell me a little bit about what you do for a living and and what's what's sort of domestic life like and uh, sort of how do you how do you keep that balance? Uh, so I work at a uh, telecommunications company within uh, Sydney and just in, inside sales role. So that does keep me busy and it's a it's a job. I, I guess it's a it's a job to to keep me or to to enable me to continue doing these triathlons. They're quite good with uh, the times um, 
with 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 my timing um as as long as the work gets done i i can come in at at eight o'clock and leave at four o'clock or move move those times around but based on based on work it's either early morning training or late afternoon training so uh, that doesn't really bother me but it does it, it does take up a full day and i guess the personal life of a triathlete especially leading into leading into events can be quite uh, I guess lonely because you don't really have a lot of time outside of work or outside of training to catch up with family or friends. It, it literally only leaves the weekend, and it can be it it it, it can be a life of um uh, of it, 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 yeah it can be quite lonely mm. sometimes and yeah. <laughs> How crazy do your coworkers think you are doing the sign man thing? They uh yeah it's it's funny you say that because on. I come into work on Monday and we'll have a team meeting and they'll go around the table and ask, oh, how was everyone's weekend? And it'll it'll come to me and they go, okay, Ben, so uh, how far did you ride this weekend? <laughs> how far did you run this weekend? And they're just gobsmacked by that. And it just it, it's just like, how far? I didn't. I haven't driven that far all week or all month. So <laughs> it's quite funny to, to see some of the reactions of them. But I guess they've got a better understanding of um, – how committed I am to, the, to that, and they've started following me on Strava and 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 seeing what seeing the workouts that I do, and and yeah, it's it's quite interesting. So it's it, it's funny though because they're they're slowly getting involved in the sport, whether they take up running or riding or swimming. So it's it's good, I guess. It's a good it's good to see them getting involved as well or getting um, into fitness as well. So, I was yeah. going to say, it's just a matter of time before you suck one of them into an Ironman, Ben, I can see it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> as far as what you still want to achieve uh, in, in the sport, I mean, like I said, you've only been around it for a few years. You, you're still pretty excited. You, you fired up about it. You, you've got some big goals. What are you, what are you chasing? I think my next main goal would be at Cairns just to try and get a sub-10 hour. That's probably my main one. And the other one for a 70.3 would to, I, I'd really like to get under the, um, I, I guess, a 4.45, kind of four hour 45 time for a 70.3. Um, I think my best result is about a 4.52 at the moment, which I, isn't that fast I, uh, compared to other, compared to some of the other athletes. But it's just those little goals that kind of motivate me to keep going and want me to. I, I guess sign up for the next race to, just to try and break those bro- break down those goals. So yeah, what is it that you're going to have to need to do to go under ten on on a full? What 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 are the areas you need to work on? Uh, swim for swim definitely for one thing, um, and probably get the pacing right for the run without trying to cook myself too much on the bike. So it's 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 kind of a very hard balance to try and get right i guess because it's very very easy to cook yourself on the bike and then you have no legs for the run but then if you take it too easy on the bike then you might be fast on the run but it's it as i said it's a very hard balance Mm. to try and get everything right on the on the on the day advice to to newbies if you had to start out again uh if knowing Mm -hmm. what you know now would you do anything differently what would you tell yourself how would how would you what, what what would you what would you do what would you do differently uh, one thing would be definitely to take out to take a, a coach on board, uh, and and just set their set your goals out. Try not to shoot for the stars for the first one. I guess the one thing that I that I can remember from my first seventy point three was just to post a time, just get to the finish, post a time, 
that could be your goal for the next one. So that that's probably the best thing that I could I, I could give to anyone looking at starting out at, at, in the sport. Brilliant. Well, Ben, best of luck uh, for that race in, in Sydney in, in a few weeks' time. Rest up well the rest of this week. Uh, listen to the coach. I think that's important. And we look forward to yeah. chatting about your, your swim next time out. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Brad. It's been a pleasure to be uh, be here on the show. This episode of The Cone Edge is brought to you by the Wahoo Kicker. Whether you're looking for the accuracy and control of a direct drive bike trainer or the flexibility and convenience of a wheel-on solution, Kicker and Kicker Snap are two distinct indoor training solutions. Kicker Indoor Trainer's large flywheel uses new algorithms to improve responsiveness and better replicate the sensation of riding on the road. So whether free riding or using online platforms like Zwift and Trainer Road, you'll have the same experience you feel on your favorite outdoor rides. To check out their phenomenal range, head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash indoor. That's thekonaedge.com forward slash indoor. Thank you very much to Ben Boyd joining us today. And before we go, another iTunes review. Don't forget, we are giving you the chance to win an entry into an Ironman. All you need to do is leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. And uh, we got one in from Big Sam in the United Kingdom. Big Sam 2, it says, uh, giving us a five-star. Big Sam, thank you, saying uh, always a good listen and one where you pick up some hints and tips and adopt them for your own needs and thinking. Big Sam, thank you very much uh, for that review. Much appreciated. You are in the draw, and it is happening at the end of this year. So if you haven't left us a review yet, all you need to do is uh, text the word Iron Man to 44222, and I'll send you the details or simply head over to theconaedge.com forward slash win. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for The Kona Edge. Don't forget, if you'd like to access the commercial free feed of the Kona Edge, all you need to do is head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash support, become a patron, and you'll get access to that feed right away.